Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, guys? Welcome to Nick's Nerd News. Today is September 28th. We're at the end of September. If you hear a lot of fans, that's because it's hot as balls here. Sorry. <laughs> um, but that doesn't stop me. Um, welcome to the show. As always, guys, I, I enjoy y'all coming in to listen. Um, what what What's going on with y'all? Y'all having a good time? Did, uh, did y'all get to play the... Um, the uh, uh, Modern Warfare 2 beta, I got to a little bit, not as much as I wanted to. Uh, didn't plan my weekend properly, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, of course, the some of the biggest movie news ever dropped yesterday out of nowhere. Y'all should know what I'm talking about. Let's let's be honest. If you don't, I'm I'm kind of surprised you 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 don't. Um, most unexpected, very, very unexpected, to be honest, um, along with some other amazing announcements to go with it. Um, with that being said, let's not dilly-dally too much on what's going on in the world. So, let's get right to it. So, we're going to start with video games, as always. And first thing I want to talk about, I guess, uh, so Xbox put out an update this past month. Um, to go along with the release of the new white um, Elite Controller Volume 2. Um, and what it did is it has allowed you to... Uh, so if you have, you have an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller that includes the, the black one and the new re, newly released white one, you can go in and change the color of the LED under the Xbox Jewel button. So you can change it to any color you want, um, which is really freaking awesome um you can choose the base color but the hue and saturation uh this up new update also includes flexibility in regards to your storage locations uh, you can choose different installation locations expansion cards external hard drives things like that um party chat noise suppression was added and then um you can share gameplay captures a little bit easier with a link um, and start parties on the app, so you don't have to do everything through the Xbox, as always. So if you don't want to leave a game or anything like that, you can start a party. Um, and it also helped you change up, essentially, more of the My Games and Apps section. It's been more streamlined, I've noticed this al already. Uh, so that is available now on your Xbox Ones and Series X and S's. Um... We've also learned that the new Splinter Cell remake, when it does come out, wants to apt update the story to fit a more modern telling, a more modern audience. Uh, so don't expect it to be the same as 20 years ago, as you know, current events and, and war and things like that have changed a lot in those years. Uh, Gearbox has announced that it's going to make Tiny Tina's its own little spin-off franchise. Um, it has sold enough between its two games to support it essentially becoming its own thing, um, separate from, um, oh god, what's that, 
separate from Borderlands as a whole. So that is something you can now expect to see more of, more in the Tiny Tina's franchise. Uh, like I said, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 beta was this weekend. Um, unfortunately, due to just me doing other things, I didn't get to play as much of it as I had hoped. I only got to play about five matches. Um, but what I will say is the two maps I did get to play were really awesome. Uh, it does the, the gunplay feels refreshed. It feels fast. It is fun. Um, it is definitely an improvement over the Modern Warfare reboot in 2019. Uh, it is leaps and bounds better than Call of Duty World or uh, Black Ops Cold War. And I didn't even play Vanguard. So I just know people hated it. And from what I've seen from creators and stuff online, it is a marketed, marketed improvement over uh, the last two Call of Duty games. So that, that is something to look forward to. Um, let me see what else is going on in the world, um, of gaming. Uh, oh, that's what it was. That's what I forgot to talk about last week. So last week, um, my parents got a new TV and I've been helping them out with some things and, uh, I didn't have my Xbox and I had a house sit essentially for a couple hours, dog sit more more realistically um anyway they got a new samsung tv and the new samsung tvs have the ability to play uh automatically the xbox cloud gaming uh they have that app and it was very quick to set up uh or very easy to set up i should say um and the the it, it really comes down to how fast your Wi-Fi is realistically um, because it was pretty seamless for the most part uh, there were a few, a few drop-ins and drop-outs but again that that's has to do more with their Wi-Fi and, and where their router is situated in, in in terms of of the house um, but overall it played very smoothly uh, like I said, easy to set up, easy to log in, easy to get a controller connected, like way easier to get a controller connected than I expected it to. Um, and I was playing Forza 5, Horizon 5 very quickly. And I mean very, very quickly. Um, I did not expect it to go so smoothly and run so... And it ran... Perf almost perfectly. Like I said, there were a few drop-ins and few drop-outs. Um, not a whole lot. Uh, not enough to like make me never want to play that way. Um, so that that was a good point that I saw, that I felt at least. Um, and it it's you can sign in and out of your account very easily, and that was another thing that I felt was very good to use I, I guess would be the the best um phrasing of that um and i am excited to use it more if i ever have to spend time at their place without uh without a game console essentially um because i was excited at how seamless and easy it was to use um there's definitely a future in it 
um, for people that don't necessarily want a console, but don't want every game, but want to have access to like cloud gaming. Um, that's definitely an option for them now. Um, if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate with cloud with cloud streaming, um, so yeah, that was uh, that was something I've been meaning to talk about for a little while. So that was cool. Um, Skate Four is officially going to be called Skate and will be free to play. You can sign up to get early act to play in early access of the game now. So like alpha and beta builds. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 has seen its highest concurrent player count, almost a million players a day. Higher than ever The Witcher 3 even had. Um, there's also a lot more A lot more people have bought the game. It's now at 20 million copies sold. If uh, you would have said that to someone maybe a year or two ago, they probably would have laughed in your face um, because of kind of the spectacular failure that it was. God, that game's been out two years now, which is wild to think about. Um, two years, holy shit, right? <laughs> anyway, Cyberpunk, 20 million copies, a million players a day, highest concurrent player count in two years, all because of the new update and the announcement of the DLC. I, I bet you that's what it was. Um, I mean, there's definitely uh it's definitely because of that i'm i'm speculating obviously um but who knows who knows um but yeah that's what's uh that's what's going on in steam world right now so if you want to get back into the witcher now's the time or the witcher if you want to get back into Cyberpunk, now's the time. Uh, we also got our first look at the uh, trailer for The Last of Us show that will be coming to HBO next year. It looks really good. It actually makes me very interested. I, I never cared for the game. Um, I'm not big on the zombie genre. And, uh, they're not zombies. I'm like, yes, they are. They're a form of zombies. Let's, let's be realistic here. The Last of Us is a form of zombies. But if you are excited for that show... Uh, like I am, because it is an HBO drama, uh, that trailer is now available to stream um, on YouTube, I guess, would be the place to watch. Um, or anywhere that, you know, HBO puts their, their content these days um, for you to check out. Um, so, do that. Uh, anyway... What's going on? Um, E3 has been announced for June 2023, June 13th through 16th. Um, the 13th and 14th will be industry-only days, so developers, uh, journalists, things like that in the gaming industry. Um, and then on the Thursday and Friday, which is the 15th and 16th, uh, it will be open to the public, and they'll be in separate halls. So essentially, E3 will have, um, it will be open to the public and to the press, but on different days. So that's uh, something people have been hoping for from, um, from E3 for quite a while now. So 
we'll see how that plays out um, now that uh, it will be available to people. And it will uh, cut down on wait times and things like that for the, the journalists and for the public. Uh, we've also learned that the Department of Homeland Security, the United States Department of Homeland Security, is going to be spending at least $700,000 in a grant uh, to combat and research terrorism and security uh, researchers uh, to investigate radicalization through video games. Uh, Vice is the first one who noticed this. The funds are headed to the Middlebury Institute Center on Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism. It's a nonprofit organization um, that will also help take this. Is a nonprofit, excuse me. Um, and they're going to look to curb toxic online behavior called Logically. I don't know what that means. Uh, they said, quote, Over the past decade, video games have increasingly become focal points of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults. Relationships made and fostered within game ecosystems routinely cross over into the real world and are impactful parts of local communities. Uh, correspondingly, extremists have used video games and targeted video game communities for activities ranging from propaganda creation to terrorist mobilization and training. This is officially from the DHS. Uh, the goal of this project is to, quote, set of best practices and centralized resources for monitoring and evaluation of extremist activities as well as a series of training workshops for the monitoring, detection, and prevention of extremist exploitation in gaming spaces for community managers, multiplayer designers, lore developers, mechanics designers, and trust and safety professionals, unquote. Cool. The last place I wanted was the government in my video games. Anyway, uh, Xbox has also announced their new project, Amplify, it is a new video series that, quote, aims to magnify black voices within Xbox to inspire, educate, and motivate youth across the United States to aspire towards careers in the gaming industry through real-life storytelling from black leaders and employees across the Xbox ecosystem, unquote. Uh, a teaser was along, announced along with it. Uh, you can read more on Xbox Wire, um, but by black communities and Xbox co-leads Q... Mew Hamin and James Lewis, they will be leading the project. Uh, their first, the first program will be them discussing uh, the results of a survey from HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and Universities, uh, a recent Connect event that discovered that out of 200 respondents, 95% of college students and alumni from HBCUs in the U.S. had an interest in having a career in the games industry. Um, so... 34% said they wanted program management roles, 24% wanted engineering, and 18% wanted gaming development. Um, so if it's, this is something you're interested in watching or learning more of, it will be available soon um, on Xbox through their programming functions. Um, keep moving forward here. Netflix has opened a game studio in Finland. I don't know why. Uh, and then let's talk about Overwatch 2, which launches very, very soon. Uh, John Spector, who is the commercial leader and vice president of Overwatch, has said that he's interested in exploring uh, essentially crossovers or brand crossovers in, in Overwatch like they do in Fortnite. Um, speaking to Game Informer, he said, quote, I'm a big anime nerd myself. I think it's super cool 
when I see Naruto appear in Fortnite. I don't even play Fortnite, but that's awesome. And as we look at the Overwatch 2 space, those are things that we're interested in exploring. If and when we do that, one of our key values is to do it in a way that feels like a great fit for the Overwatch franchise, unquote. Um, they don't want to have any adverts in Overwatch 2 for uh, funding free-to-play. Um, they hope the main generator of revenue will be their new premium-priced battle passes and cosmetics. Um, there is going to be a cyberpunk theme going on uh, in this. Not cyberpunk the game, but cyberpunk genre theme in Season 1. Um, they've already announced new heroes and things like that. Um, and lead hero designer Jeff Goodman actually left the team recently. Uh, but to go along with that, if you want to unlock um, classic Overwatch heroes, if you're new to Overwatch 2, um, you'll have to put in around 100 matches to unlock the complete roster of original Overwatch 1 characters. Uh, so these, it says, quote, new players... Begin with access to a limited set of game modes, heroes, and some other restrictions to onboard them more gradually. The first phase of our new first-time user experience rapidly unlocks all the game modes and the ability to chat in-game, and the second phase unlocks all the original Overwatch heroes over the course of approximately 100 matches, quote-unquote. Um, it's essentially to not overwhelm new players. I, I get that. I wonder what legacy players, though... Um, they said, quote, this focused experience eases new players into the world of Overwatch by teaching them about different modes, rules, and other high-level aspects of the game in an approachable way, uh, quote-unquote. Um, they won't, the restrictions won't be in place if you're in a group, so if you team up with friends, you won't face it. Um, it also says, quote, competitive is the exception to this rule because new players must complete a specific challenge to access this game mode, quote-unquote. Um, some people say it's controversial. I don't know. Apparently the Overwatch community is pretty pleased. Uh, someone on Reddit, on the Overwatch Reddit said, quote, 100 games for 32 heroes. That's roughly a new hero to try out every three matches. Um, then another person said, that sounds like a good way to keep players in that just one more game mindset, which is smart. And again, it's, it's not. It shouldn't take too long to go through 100 matches. You could probably do that in a couple of days. Um, multiple people made comments, but we'll see what happens when Overwatch 2 launches uh, next month. Um, there's a new game from EA called Wild Hearts. Uh, they teamed up with Omega Force, the team behind Dynasty Warriors. Uh, so this is coming from EA Originals and Koi Tecmo. Uh, this is their new Monster Hunter-like game. It looks really cool. You get to fight these, like, mythical beasts in feudal Japan. Um, so they, they claim it's like Monster Hunter, but it's different from Monster Hunter. So you can check out the trailer for that. comes out February 17th. Um, and then in, in unsurprising news, Skull and Bones has been delayed yet again uh, just over a month from release uh it was originally well not originally because this is the fifth delay now uh the most recent release date was november 8th uh it still didn't look ready for prime time i'm, I'm just gonna say that um so now the game has ultimately been delayed to march 9th which will more likely this will be the fifth and final delay for ubisoft's skull and bones 
live service pirates game. And then final bit of gaming news. It's rare that we get PS Plus before Xbox Gold. Um, but PS Plus this month will include Hot Wheels Unleashed, uh, Injustice 2, and Super Hot. All three great games. If you don't own them or haven't played them before, I definitely urge you to check all three out. Let's move over to TV. Um, it's been announced that HBO is turning the 1980s thriller Scanners into a television series. Um, Scanners was known for, like, you've probably seen a gif of, like, a dude's head exploding. Uh, exploding. Um, <laughs> so, it, it was, it came out in 1981. It's a Canadian science fiction film. Um, so, essentially, it's a, uh, the story where scanners are psychics uh, who have unusual te telepathic and telekinetic powers. Uh, Consec, a purveyor of weapon weaponry and security systems, searches out scanners to use them for its own purposes. Uh, the film's plot concerns the attempt by Daryl Revick, um, who's played by Michael Ironsides, uh, a renegade scanner to wage a war against Consec. Another scanner, uh, Cameron Vale, played by Stephen Lack, is dispatched by Consec to stop Revik. Um, it is directed by David Cronenberg, and um, yeah, that's uh, definitely something. It's interesting to see how they turn it into a television show. Um, but yes, I'm sure you're very familiar with a. Uh, famous gif of an exploding head of a man in a suit. I'm sure you've seen it before. Uh, Netflix held their to dumb event. You know, like to dumb their their like sound that plays over their logo when you stream, when you log in or stream their programs. A lot of trailers, a lot of news. Uh, we got a new trailer for Enola Holmes two, the the movie starring Millie Bobby Brown as Sherlock Holmes's sister. Uh, Gal Gadot has a new trailer for her new film called Heart of Stone, which is a new action thriller. Uh, we got news about the Bridgerton universe for season three and its spinoff, Queen Charlotte. Shadow and Bone released a new trailer for season two. The Crown will be coming out in season five. Uh, season five will be releasing in November. Emily in Paris is getting another season. Uh, the Wednesday Addams Show launches on November 23rd. We finally got a trailer for Season 4, Part 1 of Manifest, now that it's switching over to Netflix. And you can tell they have a higher budget, uh, but they're doing a time jump. I always hate time jumps from, season, from when it's season to season. Um, we also got more news on David Benioff and D.B. Weiss's new show, The Three-Body Problem, which will premiere on Netflix in 2023. Uh, Jason Momoa has a new movie called Slumberland, which premieres at the end of October on Netflix. A new trailer was released. Um, we got new behind-the-scenes featurette on Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is coming later this year. Kid Cudi has a new movie called Enter Galactic coming out, and it looks fucking awesome. It looks a lot like the art style of Into the Spider-Verse, so very excited for that. Um... A new documentary about the Redeem team, and if you don't know who that is, it's essentially Kobe, LeBron, Dwayne Wade when they went to the Olympics and won gold again for the U.S. Uh, we got a new trailer for The Witcher Blood Origins, which is the spinoff show. 
Uh, that will premiere this December, and The Witcher Season 3 will premiere sometime next summer. Uh, Extraction 2, the sequel to the Chris Hemsworth action film, wants to be bigger in every way possible in terms of its action sequences. Uh, no word on a release date for that. Netflix is beefing up its gaming options by uh, now offering Oxenfree, the very, very popular game. Uh, we got more Glass Onion clips uh, ahead of the, the movie's release later this year. And also was announced that the popular Onimusha video game will be getting an anime adaptation sometime next year on Netflix. Uh, that's it for Netflix um, Netflix to dumb. Uh, just in, actually, we learned that Jack Ryan will premiere Season 3 on Amazon Prime Video on December 21st. So just as Rings of Power ends, a new show begins with Jack Ryan Season 3. Uh, we've also learned that Nier Automata will be getting an anime that drops sometime in January, I think on Crunchyroll. Um, Netflix announces that Danny Putty and George Takei will be joining their Avatar The Last Airbender live-action show. Uh, they've also passed on the Grendel comic book adaptation of the Dark Horse comic of the same name. And then let me talk about reviews of some episodes here. Um... Rings of Power finally starts to put all its pieces on the board and is actually moving them this time. So instead of people just kind of sitting around mildly waiting for something to happen, they're finally going to go and, and take action. As it looks like um, Galadriel and Halbrand and the Numenorians will be going to Middle-earth. Uh, the elves and the Southlanders are going to fight back against the orcs. And... The Harfoots are on the move, and the mysterious stranger earns their trust when he fights off some wargs. Um, so things, things are moving, and that's a good thing. Uh, Andor had its fourth episode today, which essentially, more and more I see why some people are calling it like an HBO drama, because it feels very well thought out and not rushed. Um, we are getting 12 episodes, so that's a plus. But this in this episode, we get to see the return of Coruscant uh, as um, the character played by Stellan Skarsgård. We learn that while he is a rebel agent, he also leads a double life as like an art dealer on Coruscant. Um, also, Cassian has dropped into a small group of rebels to essentially show his worth. Um, and they don't trust him, obviously, but... The, the use of real set pieces is one of the most beautiful things about this show. It continues to be Star Wars without being Star Wars and reminds me so much of Rogue, uh, Rogue One. And again, I said this last week, I love Rogue One. I'm loving Andor. Uh, it also made me think about Solo in a way that there were a lot of parts of Solo that worked and a lot of parts of Solo that didn't. And the parts of Solo that worked were the parts that didn't focus on Han but the wider universe as a whole. Um, and I, I think I might watch that this weekend just to, to catch up. Uh, House of the Dragon finally does its 10-year time jump. Um, so now we get to see most of the main characters played by new actors and actresses as older people. Uh, the War and Dance of Dragons has 
essentially begun um, with the elimination of Sir Harwin Strong and such. And it looks like we're going to have the return of Otto Hightower. Uh, this show, again, we only have a few episodes left. Clearly they're setting everything up, so the actual Dance of Dragons, the, the war, if you will, uh, will probably take place over season two and three, more than likely, uh, as they're just setting it up um, in season one here. And then uh, final bit of TV news here. She-Hulk, or reviews, I should say, She-Hulk finally sets up its big bad. And it looks like that big bad is going to be the Intelligentsia, uh, which, if comic, if we follow comics... That includes the leader who was just recently announced to return in Captain America 4, Strange, or New World Order. Which makes me think that Tim Blake Nelson will actually return as the leader in She-Hulk. Um, and they just wanted to announce it at D23, which would be before his appearance in She-Hulk. But I'm, I'm of the opinion, as well as a, a large portion of the internet, that the leader will show up in She-Hulk at some point. Who knows? Um, but well, I will say this: Lower Decks is going to Deep Space Nine this week, baby. Oh hell yes, bro! Anyway, let's move on to movies, shall we? Um, Barbara Broccoli and what's his name? Um, Michael G. Wilson, the producers of the James Bond franchise, were speaking with the Hollywood Reporter and said, "Quote: We're not just casting someone for one film." We're casting someone, hopefully, for a decade at least. It's a big decision to make, and we're nowhere near making that decision, unquote. So, yes, don't expect a new Bond anytime soon. Um, Barbara Rockley went on to say, quote, When we get to a point like we are now and have to think about the trajectory of the Bond films and the storylines and where we want to take them, so that's really the main focus at the beginning. Once we have a sense of where we want to go, then we'll start thinking about casting. Unquote. Um, she also said, quote, Any actor that would be thinking about this has to think about how it would change their life. Daniel certainly was reluctant when we first approached him, and as I say about him, his life changed. But he did, he did not change. He's always been the same amazingly wonderful human being at the beginning as he is now. Unquote. Um... She went on to say different things. It's a big article if you want to read it. But essentially, the next Bond has to be ready to sign on for at least a decade. No surprise there, as I'm sure they're going to want to make at least three or four Bond films in that time. Uh, we've also learned a new Cloverfield movie is happening. I don't know why. It should have started and ended with the first one. That was the only good one. A uh, sad day for Star Wars fans, especially fans like me who love Darth Vader. Uh, James Earl Jones has officially retired from the role. Um, he is 91, so it's going to be harder and harder for him to, to keep that gravelly deep voice. Um, but while he is retired, uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to have some sound in fill in like we've had in the past. It doesn't always sound right. Uh, he has signed off to allow for AI recreations of his voice to take over, which we've actually heard already in Obi-Wan. Um, this is for per Vanity Fair. Uh, it is a Ukrainian tech that we they use called Respeecher. Um, it, it's actually allowed him to sound more like he did 45 years ago. So as you get older, it sounds a little deeper. 
So when he's playing roles that technically take place before now, you, you know, it, it doesn't want to have him sound uh, wrong, essentially. Um, like I said, they did use it for Obi-Wan, um, and he has decided to step back, but has given permission to use uh, his AI voice recordings. Uh, so essentially how Respeecher works is, quote, archival recordings in a proprietary AI algorithm to create new dialogue with the voices of performers from long ago, quote unquote. Um, this is via Lucasfilm and sound uh, editor Matthew Wood. Um, Wood also said, quote, certainly my main concern was their well-being. There are always alternatives that we could pursue that wouldn't be as good as what they would give us. We never wanted to put them in any kind of additional danger to stay in the office to do something, uh, quote-unquote. Um, and this is in regards to re-speech or in, in Ukraine. Um, but we'll see what happens uh, and how it sounds in future projects. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Darth Vader in future projects. I mean, we always could. Um, but we'll see how that works and how that sounds, essentially. Um, Avatar was re-released in theaters this last week, and it won the box office with $30 million. $30 million. That many people went to go see Avatar again in preparation for Avatar 2, The Way of the Water. I saw a lot of people online talking about how well it's held up, um, how much it looks better than even some modern films. Um, I don't care for it anymore. Uh, we've also learned some new things about uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Kevin Feige essentially said it was too soon to recast. Obviously, that makes sense. Um, but Tenok Huerta has confirmed that his version of Namor will be a mutant, just like he is in the comics. Uh, and then we've also learned that Black Panther Wakanda may feature the second longest running time in the MCU. Uh, per a theater leak, the runtime could potentially be, as this has not been confirmed yet, a whopping 2 hours and 41 minutes for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So if you go, make sure you got that Run P app queued up, or just don't drink a giant soda before the movie even starts. Uh, we also learned today that Blade has lost its director due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, that was actually supposed to start development this year. Um, and there is one more MCU thing I want to talk about, but I'm going to save that for last. But I do want to talk about, real quick, Star Trek Four quote-unquote, and I, I say it in quotes because technically it's not Star Trek IV. It just would have been the fourth Kelvin universe Star Trek. Um, so rumors been floating around. They just lost their director, Matt Shankman, uh, to Fantastic Four. So many directors have been attached to it. There are rumors flowing around in regards to its place in the continuity. Would it take place in the Kelvin timeline? Would it go back to the Prime Universe? Um, would it feature uh, the return of Chris Hemsworth's um, Kirk, uh, the father of James T. Kirk? Would it feature the cast of the Kelvin Timeline films? I, 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 there's so many questions surrounding it. 
new rumors were popping up that it would be a TNG reboot, which I'm going to say this. Of all things, it should be. It shouldn't be a TNG reboot. The main reason for that is because we have Picard on the air still. And I, I don't... People have a stronger attachment to that cast than they do the original series cast. And what was smart about the Kelvin Timeline films is you included Spock. You included the original Spock from the Prime Universe because it made sense to. And, and what I mean by that is you were far enough removed from the original series and even the last original series movie with Star Trek Generations in 94 that it was okay to, to reboot. If we're going to do a TNG reboot, it, we need to wait at least 10 years before the end of Picard Season 3, which will be the final send-off for the TNG cast. And I think we, you need to wait a good amount of time between that before you reboot it, right? You can't just reboot it the next year or the same year. That doesn't, doesn't make sense. There's plenty of time to explore in the Kelvin timeline um, that we can look at. We can go to uh, anywhere between the Enterprise B and C before we get to the D in the Kelvin timeline. Uh, you can explore in the Enterprise timeline, which is the Prime Universe and shared by both Kelvin timeline and and the Prime timeline. You can do go back to the Prime timeline and either tell stories post uh, Star Trek Nemesis or post Picard. You can go to where Discovery is, which is a thousand years in the future. Uh, you can tell stories in between that time. It can be Star Trek. You don't necessarily have to focus on... You kind of do, though, at the same time. Yes, you can go away from a main cast that everyone is used to, because that will that will bring in the, the core fans. But you can also do something new, which can be a broad appeal to everyone. And I, I think that's where Paramount needs to leverage the goodwill they've been building with legacy characters and not rebooting, right? Um, hell, you could even do a movie with the Strange New Worlds cast and set it before the Prime Universe. It's all in the Prime Universe and set it before the TOS, right? Because that's set 10 years before the original series. You have plenty of time to play around with Pike and all that. So I think... Paramount needs to take a step back, find a director, find the right story. I just do not think they should reboot the TNG crew or the Enterprise D just yet. And I'm probably not the only one who's thinking that or saying that. Hopefully someone at Paramount is thinking the same thing. Uh, but I do want to end the show on the biggest news announced yesterday. Uh, Ryan Reynolds posted a video essentially confirming that Deadpool 3 is coming September 6th, 2024, um, but also announced Hugh Jackman will be back as Wolverine. That is correct. Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine one more time. Um... And they said it will not tarnish Logan, which is probably one of the, if not the greatest, one of the greatest superhero films. Uh, it is not going to tarnish that legacy. 
Uh, he will appear somehow in the form of Deadpool 3. Uh, they released a second video today, essentially, of, of Ryan Reynolds and Hugh talking about his return. And they were telling us of the story, but then it essentially gets overplayed with some music. Um, and a lip reader actually came out and said what they were saying. Um, like I said, music plays over. Uh, so John Boy on Twitter is a lip reader. And uh, he's a sports content creator. And he creates lip reading breakdowns of important on-field moments. Um, let me see. It, essentially, what he thought it says is that um, essentially all they're doing is relaying a fight scene between the two characters with not many details to go on. Um, they're essentially just talking about stabbing each other, and they're, they're making these hand motions as well. Um, but he said because of their mutual ability of accelerated healing, they're both okay and even laughing about the fight. Jackman also mentions a huge, huge fucking explosion. Um, <laughs> someone's like, in case you were wonder worried that it wouldn't have explosions in Deadpool 3. Um, I guess there's something else that Jackman said. It says, quote, we're in our prime. So looks like it will take place before Logan, if anything. Logan takes place in 2029. So we're not that at that point yet in the MCU. Uh, and plus, this is coming out right before Secret Wars, so it's definitely going to have uh, some secret tie into some Secret War shenanigans. Does this mean Hugh Jackman is the Wolverine for the MCU? Not necessarily. Um, and obviously, James Mangold was asked, the director of Logan, um, and he said, quote... Oh my gosh, everybody chill. Just kidding. I'm all good. Logan will always be there. Multiverse or prequel, time warp or wormhole, canon or non-canon or even without a rationale. I cannot wait to see what madness my dear friends at Van City Reynolds and at Real Hugh Jackman cook up. Um, and he posted a, a picture of 48 hours. <laughs> um, but uh, the movie. I am so stoked. Even though it's two years away, the fact that Hugh Jackman is back is earth-shattering, internet-breaking, nerd news. And that is what we are here to talk about. I hope you guys are excited as I am for Deadpool 3, especially with Hugh Jackman returning to the role of Wolverine one more time. And it will actually be seven... By the time this movie releases, it will have been seven years since he appeared in Logan. So there's definitely, definitely a big time gap um, enough for almost a reboot in there of the X-Men. Uh, but no, it'll be almost seven years since he last played Logan. I think that's, that's good. Obviously he won't be in the same shape he was back in the day. Um, but I am very excited to see where Deadpool 3 goes and hopefully they find a way to bring Spider-Man in because Spider-Man also has a good rapport with Deadpool just as much as Wolverine does. Um, but that's it for Nixner News this week. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. Uh, next week, I'll have a big surprise for you guys. Um, I'm not going to talk about it today, but I will talk about it next week. It's something going on this weekend. Um, stay tuned to my social, my personal socials if you want to know what's going on. Um, as always, check out NixnerNews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen to us on the go, make sure... 
to click the links on the website for our Spotify page, our Google Podcast page, our Apple Podcast page, Audible, iHeartRadio, um, and all the... Just search Nixner News on different podcast platforms. We're probably there. Uh, also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds in one handy-dandy place. Or, if you prefer, just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And also make sure to check out our Discord. Um, our Linktree links are everywhere, and all the links are there as well, if that's easier for you guys. Uh, and with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>